about sort of like where you are in that battery level, but also reflecting on if you do take that cue and rest in whatever way you need, ask yourself, was I more productive later? Welcome to Unlocking College Life, real talk about all things college. The best part of this podcast is that your voice is part of the show. Other students care what you have to say. So through your questions, your feedback, and your real talk, we all grow together. Let's dive in with your hosts, Joy and Alona. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Unlocking College Life. Today, we're going to talk about the concept of doing versus being kind of that idea that sometimes people will say we're not human doings, we're human beings. But there actually sometimes is a lot of resistance to relaxing into the being part of ourselves. So this is we're sort of picking up on what we mentioned in the last episode that hearing about students who really have a hard time with rest, recovery, self care, that almost a guilt piece can sort of set in when they're sort of in this really busy workaholic culture to do, 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 do. Because sometimes it can feel in college that your identity is really linked to your productivity, right? And like that concept of success is about doing and producing. And so it, it makes sense in some ways that when, even when our sort of like barometer for when we need to take a rest sets in, we don't. In fact, I was actually just talking to a student yesterday in my office and she was talking about that she's, you know, she's really struggled with sleep her whole life. But she talked about, I mean, this is something we hear a lot. She talked about that when she gets to that point, like 2 a.m., where her body is starting to tell her, like, you're exhausted. She overrides it. She's sort of as like, but I am not done, but I'm already behind, but I have to just keep going. And so it's almost that tension where your physical self and maybe even your mind, because there are different types of rest, right? It's not just our physical body that needs rest. But she was sort of articulating that tension of, I know I need to sleep, literally, and I can't because I have to keep going. So I don't know what you think about that, Alona. Yeah, you know, it's so interesting. Definitely, we live in a culture that perpetuates this notion. Sort of triggered for me is remembering when my kids were little. And once you sort of missed the point, and they became overtired, there was no sleeping, right? So the body really rebels against you. And it's counterproductive. I mean, it just turned into a mess. And I really question just how productive we are if we override that clock, right? But I understand that from time to time, we all might have deadlines, and maybe it even works temporarily. But it's an interesting concept to possibly track, is this really productive? It also reminded me of, we do this with a lot of different things, right? I work a lot with eating disorders. And while we are born with hunger and satiety cues, knowing when we are hungry and when we are full, right? Babies know that. Diet culture and other things teach us to defer to some external messaging rather than tuning into the body and our own messaging, and we learn to override that. Ultimately, some of my clients, after years of eating disorders, no longer know really their hunger satiety cues, right? So part of recovery then is relearning those 
And that takes time. That takes really tapping into, we might know when we are starved and when we are super full, but the fine tuning off and, and starting maybe with a scale, not, not weight scale, but a scale right. of hunger, right? Trying to sort of, even if you're sort of, you're unsure, right? On a zero to 10, am I a five fool? Am I a three? How hungry am I? That just takes time to tap back into your inner wisdom that ultimately was here in the beginning. And we can do the same thing with this, right? With the level of fatigue. In fact, I use this drawing with my clients. It's actually a battery, right? And it has a plus sign, sort of full, and a negative sign at the bottom. And in between, you have these areas, right? Like feeling great, feeling okay, at the bottom, struggling, mm -hmm. feeling good, meh, I'm empty. And so it can have colors and people can plug in whatever sort of ratings that work for them. But we start there. We start sort of tracking it so that we don't get to this point of, I'm exhausted. I still got work to do. Let's keep pushing beyond that. Because when the batteries are empty, they're just empty, really. I love that. I actually think that that's a really useful tool. And I think the connection to mindful eating and having, again, it, it, you're right. It's exactly the same that, that those cues get overridden by what we learn. And I think that's what happens in busy culture is we see other people doing it too. So it gets reinforced to just keep going. And then I think the thought is like, well, okay, well, I'll just do this tonight. I'll just pull the all nighter tonight, or I'll just be exhausted this time. And then it becomes a habit. And I do think not just the battery of noticing where am I at in terms of feeling rested, but what you said also, I think is important is everyone gets to decide for themselves. When do you notice that you actually get to that point where you're not being productive anyway, where you're like reading the same paragraph over and over, or you're just, you're really almost wasting your own time trying to force yourself to push through exhaustion when you could have just slept. I mean, we're talking about sleep, but I really truly believe there's different types of rest that we need. You know, students will talk about, sometimes I need to literally sleep. Sometimes I need to just rest my mind. Like I just need to like get off my phone, even like a constant simulation from like social media and stuff. Sometimes it's like social rest, right? Like sometimes you're just around people all the time. I've been feeling that lately, like, man, <laughs> I forgot what it's like to be around so many freaking people all the time. Mm -hmm. Like you have to take a break. So how do you, A, turn into cues about sort of like where you are in that battery level, but also reflecting on if you do take that cue and rest in whatever way you need, ask yourself, was I more productive later, right? Because I think that's the reinforcement we need is to go, oh yeah, I actually, when I did that for myself, I noticed that it actually worked to my advantage. It's not just like, I don't know, it's, we're not just trying to convince you, oh yeah, resting is good, right? I think that we all inherently know that. It's kind of similar to eating healthy. A dietitian will say, it's not like people don't understand what healthy eating is. I mean, sometimes they don't. It's that it's hard. And so is this, it's hard to rest in a culture that values productivity. Yeah. And you know, now bringing up the concept of healthy, right? I mean, that's such a loaded word. It has been weaponized and really used for this dichotomy of good, bad. And ultimately, yes. again, it just comes down to what is good for me. Let's say something simple as 
peanut allergies, right? Like peanuts might be good for me, but terrible for you. And so all of that just comes down to, right, tuning into your own messaging and really the comparison being the killer of joy and sort of really distracting us, right? Like, well, maybe my roommate is still working, so maybe I should be still working also. But that ultimately may not be the most productive way for myself, right? So it's sort of the same same concept in these different areas of life. And it would be really interesting to track, if we can do that objectively, how productive that really was. I have a little bit of a fear. Some of us can get into that trap of, well, I don't know, had I worked more, maybe I would have been even more productive, right? So those narratives just keep going. It would be ideal if we can objectively track, right? And so if my goal is to, I don't know, get through five pages, right? Then objectively, did I get through five pages? And maybe how mm-hmm. long did it take me? So if folks want exactly. to later reflect, one, on how that felt, but also are we really measuring that objectively rather than the shoulds and maybe the coulda, woulda, and I'm sort of guessing and being caught up in the anxious, on that anxious train. Yeah, right. And I think that's going back to how we're hoping you all will connect differently with yourself. I think this concept of sort of collecting your own data is sort of what you're talking about, Alona. Like, how do I notice? Yeah, feelings are one part of it. Do I feel better? Mm -hmm. And am I taking less time to get things done? Am I feeling more productive? Am I feeling more like stimulated and like in it versus distracted? And did I get it done in less time? Or did I do a quote unquote, better job. I think that's worth thinking about. I do want to tell the story because I think it's worth it. And I think students resonate with this. I had a student in one of my classes when we were talking about this concept of rest and sort of people's tension around it. We were talking about sleep and I love talking about sleep and most students love sleep. (laughs) If you have a, a room full of students and say like, who likes to sleep? The majority of students raise their hand, and usually it's the ones that don't, who actually have sleep disorders. And that's a real thing. So I'm talking about it, blah, 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 blah. And a student raises her hand and she says, Joy, we love sleeping. That's not the issue. I want to sleep, but I don't. And I actually have a friend who calls these the won't sleepers. It's not that they can't sleep, it's that they won't. She said, I would sleep more, but I, my identity is wrapped around, she really was saying, my productivity, what I do, how I'm involved, and I can't put sleep on my resume. And I was just like, whoa, wow. It was like super profound in some ways and also like disheartening. Mm -hmm. But I've told that story a lot and I think a lot of students are like, I totally get that. And so I question that though, right? You're not literally right. There's no like part of our resume that's like, how do you take care of yourself? That would actually be really interesting. (laughs) And is it there though? I think I would ask like, how are you, again, going back to what we're saying, showing or how are you noticing when you disengage from productivity and are able to sort of take a step back? How do you notice that you're actually doing things more intentionally and you're more present, maybe more productive too? I think it's just worth a closer look for you. Yeah. And I think for us, right, we often get folks in some of the burnout stage, right, when that sleep deprivation or that work, work, work all the time eventually turns into anxiety and depression. And 
sort of losing sight of meaning in life and impacted relationships. Again, I think we can do that for a bit, but it's not a sustainable way to be. And it certainly for me, it leads me back to the why and what really matters. But that's a different topic for another time. Yeah. And I do think it's also connected to I think we talked about kind of like the discomfort that students feel with even just tuning into their body at all, mm -hmm. right? Because we're y'all are often engaged, you're stimulated a lot, whether you're in class, whether you're with friends, even on your breaks, what do we go to? Like I say we because it's not just students, we go to our phones, right? And so we're constantly kind of distracted. And phones and social media are literally designed to do that to be addictive. Mm -hmm. And so I actually had a student this week, we were doing like a, a mindful challenge where they had to go for a walk with no earbuds in, no, they can't look at their phone. And actually her observation was, whether this was true or not, that she was the only one not looking at her phone. And to me, that's connected to this a little bit. I, I'd be curious what you all think, because I think not only is there a discomfort with rest, I think actually students have a hard time even just tuning into their own bodies at all because they're often distracted. And so that's one of the challenges that I think we would offer you is, can you slow down enough to even notice where you are on that battery level? That's a skill in itself to just pause mm -hmm. amidst distraction. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so that can be our assignment, right? How am I feeling? What am I feeling? Ranking it, do it on a zero to 10 scale if you wish, do it on a full or empty battery and see what are the spaces in between. I will also say that accurately identifying what is it that we are feeling can help us to actually adequately and effectively target that, right? And deal with that. So once mm -hmm. in a while, I will have folks who will say, I was so exhausted, so I ate a bunch of food or I drank a bunch of caffeine. But really, when you're exhausted, what do you need, right? What do you mm -hmm. need? You probably need rest. So the starting point is identifying how are we doing? And again, that my scale is very different than your scale. And that mm -hmm. ideally it wouldn't matter, but I do understand that we live in a culture that comparison is everywhere. And so we keep deferring right. to, maybe I shouldn't feel this tired. What would warrant for me to be this tired? Is it good, bad? Is it right or wrong? So how would you suggest for folks who this isn't a regular practice mm -hmm. when you say, how do you actually tune in to what you're feeling? Mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. I know some students would be like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. What's your suggestion for like how to do that? Yeah. So for the feeling part, there are many, if you just Google feeling words, right? There are going to be many sheets. I like to work with the feeling words wheel which we can post on social media if there is interest. And we have it on, on my group practice media. But start there because you're right. Some folks don't even have the language, right? Maybe that language wasn't spoken in their family or in their community. So the language is important and also not getting caught in perfectionism, right? So if you eyeball it and say, yeah, I think this is tired for me or this is exhausted for me. We start there and the further you go, right, the more data you have, you then might fine tune it further. You might be like, oh yeah, looking back at that, that was about a level eight for me. So not starting anywhere really. Yeah, I like the 
feeling and emotion wheel too, because I do think it gives nuance Mm -hmm. to, it is easy for anyone to be like, how are you feeling? Good, Mm -hmm. (laughs) not good, right? But it's often much more nuanced than that. And I also like to remind students that you could be feeling many things at once. Mm -hmm. And that can also be exhausting to be sort of stimulated and exhausted at the same time. That's possible. Those probably aren't on the wheel. (laughs) So, but I just think that's actually a great practice. And I would suggest that we post it because I think even just a practice of identifying what am I actually feeling Mm -hmm. is a Because it helps you to then again, identify your needs and how Mm -hmm. do you take care of them? Yeah. Right. So I think that's what we'd like to leave you all with today is sort of two things. One, when you notice that you are feeling depleted in any of the areas of rest, can you take a moment to actually sit with that for a minute? And it might feel discomfort. You might feel discomfort and you might notice the other voice saying, but you got to keep going. Like you can't rest now. Just notice it. Don't judge it. Just notice that moment. And in that moment, can you at least do this check that Alona's mentioning with the battery? Where am I at really? And if I wait until I'm totally depleted, what's going to happen? What's going to happen to my productivity? And then do the data collection too. If you try this and rest when you might have overridden that sensation before, what happened? Were you more productive? Did you get it done faster? Did you feel better? Did you show up differently? You get to decide that. Mm -hmm. You know, and sometimes, right, when we are tired, maybe I meditate for 30 minutes or maybe I take a cat nap and I'm back at it. It Mm -hmm. just depends. We're all different. And so playing with it, figuring out what works for you. But it can be difficult for someone who experiences a lot of anxiety around not not doing and, and how much has to get done. I will say one more thing with this is that we can also get trapped in sort of overgeneralizations and judgments. Like I'll hear from students, oh my God, I got nothing done today. But when you actually factually look at that, right, then I say, well, I got up at eight and I called my advisor or I had a coffee with my friend. It's not really true that you have done nothing. Mm -hmm. So I would also, in addition to all of that, encourage folks focusing on factually reporting what has happened or what needs to happen. Right. And yeah, paying attention to your needs, actually. Yeah. So let us know. Go on our Instagram. Let us know. What did you try? What did you notice? It doesn't have to go well. I think that's worth Mm -hmm. sharing, too. Absolutely. And if this has triggered other thoughts, right, and it's really a struggle or nothing is working, we want to hear that as well. Where are you getting stuck? Why is this not working? What's not working? Okay, well, thanks for being with us on this episode. We'll see you next time. Until next time, take care. Thanks for listening. Please rate and review us on your favorite pod platform. Share with your friends if this is making you think about and participate in college differently. We want to hear from you. Connect with us on Instagram and let us know how it's going. This podcast is not professional advice or replacement for therapy. If you need professional advice, you should find it with professionals in your area, such as your primary care physician or therapist.